0: Well, this could happen, I could lose my wife, I could lose my kids, I could lose my job, but I probably won't. No, you literally are gonna lose your kids and your job. You literally are gonna lose your wife. So why when I'm bored, do I wanna go look at porn versus something else? The longer you act as if something is what it is, eventually it starts to become not an act anymore. If your goal is to protect them from seeing porn, give up now, because it's gonna happen, Like they're gonna see it, it's inevitable. So the best thing you can do for your child is to prepare them.
1: Dear young married couple, The Bible says to be in the world, but not of it. In this conversation, we just get real about the world that we find ourselves living in.
2: And we had the privilege of interviewing Carl Thomas. He is an executive director of Live Free Ministries. He's also an ordained pastor and has a master's in theological studies. And he just shares his story about Happening upon pornography at a young age, the average age of first exposure, actually, and how he came to the point in his life that he decided to overcome it and how that happened and how he can help you overcome it as well. So if your story is affected by pornography in any way, this is an episode for you to listen to.
1: Yeah, he really gives some insights, some pitfalls that people think will get them free. Um, And then really what does work, what needs to change for people to to find that freedom that they're looking for. So listen in. It's going to be a great conversation.
2: Welcome, Carl, to the podcast. We're thankful to have you with us today.
1: Welcome. All right. Well, hey, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We love what you're doing. And uh, before we jump into everything that you have to share, to equip the community with, we want to hear a little bit about your story, your struggles with pornography, and um, how you overcame. So if you'll just rewind back and take us to the beginning, wherever that is for you, we'd love to hear.
0: I'll try to give you the bullet points because it's it's a pretty long story and honestly the last 10 years have been kind of crazy so i mean okay. in a good way but just so many tur- twists and turns i never would have anticipated any of it mm. uh, but yeah i got exposed when i was i want to say eight pretty typical yeah. stuff
2: very common yeah uh,
0: friend of mine i i've told this story a few times but friend of mine hey hey i want to show you something go out to the woods pulls out a, a mag i don't remember what brand uh, but just looking back now as an adult, I think to myself, who the heck stores paper products in the wet woods? That's (laughs) dumb. (laughs) Just dumb. There's no plastic bag. Like, you right? right? That's funny. Yeah. Hermeneutically sealed something or other, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Show me the pages. Uh, Of course, my brain was, wow, that's interesting. And then that kind of triggered the the curiosity aspects of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, doing uh, things that before the internet, honestly, I'm that old. I'm, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm <laughs> 50. I'm that old. There was no internet when I first saw porn. <laughs> so, things, you know, going into the bookstore and going to the nude photography books, you know, things like mm,
2: that. Just gotcha.
0: Yeah. And then, um, parents bought something called a black box, which there's no need for these days. But back then was the, the scrambler to scramble mm-hmm. all the channels. So, my, my uh, parents bought that. And my dad worked a lot, so he would be out of the house at night, and I'd sneak into the room and the black box unscrambled all the all the adult channels.
2: Ah, okay.
0: Got to watch them. That was when I was older, you know, teenager, uh, junior high teens. And then the internet came, and then, man, forget about it. So yeah, um, you know, carried that all through college. Also, was you know having sex, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Met my wife when I was around thirty. Yeah, 30. Did not tell her about any of it. She, okay. she, knew, I, she knew I had a sexual history, but mm-hmm. she had no idea about the porn.
3: Yeah. I saved
0: that uh, for her. I saved that for her. Uh, what was it? Mother's Day. Yeah. So. Uh, the,
2: what first happened?
0: Day, first baby. I'm not, I'm, you're going to probably hang up on me. The Worst person <laughs> in the world. So Mother's Day, first baby. Obviously, she's going through all this stuff that a mm-hmm. first-time mother goes through. Yeah. Um, that night, I come down with pneumonia. Did not know it was pneumonia, right? Had no idea what it was, but I was feeling deathly ill, like so bad that I literally thought, I'm dying. Mm. And of course, 2 o'clock in the morning, if you feel like you're dying, why not unload all your dirty laundry on your poor, unsuspecting <laughs> wife to get it off your chest before oh, you Oh, wow. Break, right?
2: That's oh what I my did. Goodness.
0: I said, Hey, honey, I got to talk to you. And I was crying. I told her that I struggle with porn all the time. She took it really well. Years later, she tells me the reason she took it really well is because she thought I was going to tell her I was having an affair. So she was relieved
3: mm, that it was gotcha.
0: porn versus an actual person. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of got the ball rolling. Nice to say that stopped then. Of course, it didn't. I just got better at hiding it. Mm-hmm. Uh, went through the next, I don't know. Five years or so and um just just up and down cycle of trying to mm-hmm. quit, white knuckle in it. Not Did doing you think that I- you
2: would like after telling her, did you think, oh man, like I'm done now? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've confessed. Hour, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you
0: know, it's just yeah. kinda common, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I never had the Kirk Cameron fireproof movie move- moment where <laughs> I took my computer out and threw it in the trash can. okay i also never had a computer that big that was a monster but anyway uh, (laughs) but i did have many many moments where it's okay i'm done and Mm. an hour later no so okay um but then i got i started to kind of get serious about it a a good friend of mine who's now a good friend of mine he was a pastor he came to our church talked about being all in i realized that there was this area of my life i needed to work on Mm. finally found a really good younger guy in the church who, who was my accountability partner at that point, he was also okay. healing. So we, I actually had a real accountability partner. I had tried other guys and it just never worked out, but mm-hmm. he was in it to win it just like me. So okay, that really helped. And then mm-hmm. right around the same time I went in, This I enrolled in seminary to pursue an unknown Christian calling. I was the insurance business. I was an insurance professional for 17 years. So I said, I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> I think God, has got me going somewhere Yeah. at the time. I thought maybe church, that's a joke. I would get fired. So, but <laughs> at the time I thought maybe I'll get hired by a church. I mean, I might've got hired, but it would have been for an hour, maybe. So <laughs> just be real. But, um, yeah. So all that came out and then weird, I, I hadn't looked at porn for about a month. I told this guy, Jeff, who was the pastor, who's again, now a really good friend of mine shared with him how his message impacted me, blah, blah, blah. Used to follow Triple X Church at the time, Mm
3: -hmm. um,
0: more because of their unorthodox unorthodox approach to evangelism. I mean, it's really not unorthodox. It's the way it should be. But for a lot of Christians, it's very unorthodox. Mm -hmm. Going to porn shows and telling people that Jesus loves them next Mm -hmm. to the guy selling dildos. It's very <laughs> strange for a lot of people, but that is how, yeah, unorthodox. Know, right? Yeah. So I loved it. Um, I never ironically used any of the resources to get free of porn, but I was, I did love the evangelism aspect. So they were going to the Edison exotica. This is about 10 years ago. And um, they, they used to partner with church local churches to supply half the team or most of the team. Okay. So I reached out to Jeff and I say, Hey, you have spot on the team. I would love to do this. And I don't know what the heck Jeff was thinking. He and I laugh about this now, but he's the sure Carl. I should have never been on that trip. I mean, I'm mm. a porn addict going to a porn show. That's ridiculous. And were you but
2: open about this? Like, did you tell your colleagues yeah, see, and friends?
0: That's how I know it wasn't a God ordained thing because there was no dishonesty or trickery or any of that. It was uh-huh. just stuff fell through the cracks that should have never fell through the cracks, right? Mm. Like if Triple I's church again, I used to work for them. So when they would, um, when we would partner with a, uh, with a with a church, it was up to the church to screen their people. So okay. I didn't have to fill out an application because the application would asked me if I struggle with porn. Jeff never asked me. He just said, okay. "Yeah, you're in, right?" Mm, so okay. I go to their training the night before at Fridays, and um, they do their their spiel, right? Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I go up and talk to this young guy, younger guy. And I just started asking him, hey, what's, what do you guys do? What, what's your role? And uh, he said, well, you know, I do a lot of things with the ministry, but the main thing I do is I work with the pastors who are dealing with issues. I said, mm-hmm. oh, wow, what's that like? He says, oh, it's not so good. I said, really? He said, yeah, it can get really awkward and uncomfortable because a lot of times I got to tell these guys that they should step back for a season.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: none of them really want to hear that.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Was,
0: what? What are you talking about? And then he starts laying out Titus and Thessalonians and all these passages I was very familiar with, but I never really thought about.
3: Mm. Right. And he
0: doesn't realize what my deal is. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, holy crap. Like, mm. This guy is basically just calling me out saying, Carl, you got no business going into this world until you get your crap together. Ah, And, uh, and that hit me like a ton of bricks because I just dropped all this money on seminary with this idea that I was going to go somewhere and so for me in that moment i connected purpose with or yeah i connected purpose with my addiction and and the fact that if i kept dealing with this stuff i was never going to be able to go after the thing that really really meant a lot to me because the Mm. insurance world it might have paid but i couldn't stand it and uh so now all of a sudden it shifted the scales and it became a um cost i know what's what's the word i'm trying to think of It, it just became one of these things where is it really worth it? You know, normally mm. when you struggle with porn, it's the balance is, hey, do I want an orgasm or do I want an hour of feeling like crap? And mm. 95% of the time, orgasm wins, right?
3: Yeah, okay. Feeling
0: like crap sucks, but can't compare it to an orgasm. Mm. Um, but for me, at that point, it all shifted and it was no longer short-term propositions. It was long-term. So it's yeah. orgasm. Go after what you want, which is going to shape the rest of your life.
3: Mm-hmm. right? And that
0: was a huge price to pay for.
3: Uh, so yeah. I started
0: just finding the ability to say, no, I think I'll pass. Right?
2: Wow. And so, so that was your motivator. It was the long-term vision yeah. of what God had for you. Well, I think there's, yeah. been, mm. there's been
1: studies done that a lot of times when guys, like, like you're talking about, they don't have a very definite purpose in their life, and therefore they don't have enough of a reason to overcome this incredible mountain in their life. They that they can't talk to anybody about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot
0: of reasons. There's a lot of reasons that quote you know addicts, if you want to call them that. I hate labels sometimes, but yeah, in the addiction world, there's a lot of reasons people have to hit rock bottom before mm-hmm. they come up, right? Because rock bottom forces them to analyze everything and realize what's really important, yeah, and what's not, and and when something's threatening, what's really, really important and it becomes real and not just, well, this could happen. I could lose my wife. I could lose my kids. I could lose my job, but I probably won't. You know, when it's no, you literally are going to lose your kids in your job.
3: Yeah. You're going
0: to lose your wife. All of a sudden you get really motivated. So mm-hmm. that's what happened. That's kind of what did it for me. But that was, I would say the next year to two years, even three years was more of sobriety versus freedom. Right, mm. like I found the ability to say no, not because I was willpower, white in it, but because I was doing a process in my head of weighing things out. You know, what are my goals? What are my values? Mm. What's important here? This doesn't really line up with what's important? No, it doesn't. Hmm. Um, you know, stuff they talk about when you when you dive into the subject of vagal tone and all this other stuff that I geek out on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I would say freedom it turned into freedom over the years as I started to unpack a lot of the reasons I went to porn in the very first place and a lot of that I just ended up learning because I ended up getting hired by triple x church a year Mm -hmm. later two years later full time and then I worked with them for years quit once came back as the COO quit again started another ministry then in, in march
1: we actually acquired triple x church so it's just this full wow. round congratulations you so cool.
2: been kind of nuts so
1: mm, my you know. goodness wow. wow so with this this is a really incredible story with this trajectory of you you know finding yourself stuck in porn and uh, this kind of self-realization and and finding purpose and everything how does shame intersect in that story, like where does it really start hitting you and coming in and playing a part in your life?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, is, I didn't know it at the time, but shame is a, uh, it's a huge aspect of, it, it's not only a major mode uh, a major factor in why we continue our addictive spirals, mm-hmm. if you will, or patterns, but it's also the initiator for a lot of this stuff because mm-hmm. It's stuff that you carry from your childhood, you know, uh, self worth issues, um, affirmation issues, love issues, and yeah. At the time, I didn't realize I was going to porn because of those things, but that's what I was going to, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was, I, it was funny. I remember not funny, but one of the things that was a big trigger for me was boredom. So mm-hmm. why when I'm bored, do I want to go look at porn versus something else? And it was because looking back and realizing now. Whenever I was bored, it would make me realize that I was being unproductive.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
0: I would look at my friends who went to college with. I was in a frat, and a lot of these guys were really up and like they were very successful. Mm-hmm. I'm working at a family insurance agency, and I, I mean I was doing all right, uh, but I wasn't probably making the money I, I should have been making somewhere else. And so I'm looking at their lives, saying, "Man, I I am mm-hmm. not where I really should be." Mm-hmm. And you know, again. The job, just insurance sucks. I'm sorry if you're an insurance agent. I, <laughs> maybe, maybe you're passionate about it. I know there's people that love numbers and are actuaries. I think that job sucks too, but. Uh, <laughs> for not me yours. It, yeah, for me, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. You know, so boredom would set that realization in that here you are, Carl, stuck in this dead end career that you don't like and you're not being productive. So you're, uh, you don't really have a whole lot of worth right now. You know, that's all going in the back of my mind. But in the front of my mind, it's you're bored. Well, let's go look at porn. So a lot of that all stems back from shame issues when I was a kid, you know. And then, of course, not talking to people about it was was perpetuated by, you know, I would have probably got a lot Mm -hmm. more help. I probably would have got help earlier in my life Mm -hmm. if I wasn't so hesitant about going to people about it in the first place, you know.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So,
1: Yeah. How did you have that realization. Cause a lot of people I've worked with and I've talked to know that boredom for them is a trigger, mm-hmm. but they, they don't connect those dots of like, Oh, I'm feeling this. And that's linked to this. Like, how did you put those pieces together? Counseling, <laughs> a lot
0: of counseling, a lot of introspection, just looking back. Uh, it's funny. I've learned more about my addiction looking back than when I was in the midst of it, right? Mm. Um, one One of the interesting things I find about dealing with porn especially, but I'm sure it's with anything, there's a trend with a lot of modern day coaches, instructor, whatever you want to call it, thinkers, right, in this area, that the focus is on solving the pain in your life, which is absolutely... Pain is pain is a major and and shame is pain in some regards, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that is a big thing. You have to deal with that if you're going to sustain some some sort of long term freedom, right? Mm-hmm. But there's also the element of decision making, right? Yeah. Where it's it has nothing like yeah, I have pain about this, but that's still mm-hmm. I still got to look at the merits of my decision and does this decision makes sense or is this going to be dumb, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, sometimes you see that kind of get pushed aside and it's, it's both, right? It's mm-hmm. yeah, you need, you need healing and, and resolve mm-hmm. for some of these things in your life, or at least the best you can do, because sometimes, sometimes you can't get complete healing. Sometimes the best you can do is just say, Hey, I know this has to do with a wound from when I was a child.
3: Mm-hmm. And that's,
0: that's the best you'll ever get sometimes. Um, but the decision-making is huge, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, getting the guys want to uh, geek out, geek out. Uh, Google vagal tone and really interesting stuff like fight and flight and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's huge. So for me, I kind of really, really honed in on the decision-making process. Nice. And that's what kind of kept me out of the soup. But then long-term it was, I kept going back to these things, trying to figure out why the heck did was that the case? Why the heck did that happen? Mm. And uh, you know, putting together the dots and yeah. uh, I mean, I'll be honest, some of the stuff I put together, when I was writing uh, my book, you know, I just, uh-huh. I started diving into things and, oh yeah, yeah, you know, started. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's an, it's an ever going process, you know, you're, just, yeah. you know, you need to keep being introspective. You need to keep going back to things. You need to keep revisiting things. If something, if something doesn't seem right, you don't ignore it, right? Yeah, you, you, absolutely. You ask the questions, right? You, you <laughs> right. do, you do the digging.
2: I love this approach. It's very refreshing because you're right. In, in the world of coaching and therapy, we're often focused on the root, right? And that's important. Like you said, trying to dig and ask questions and where did this come from? What are, what are the stories behind this? What, what, what do I tell myself about myself because of this? Um, however, if you are going through that process, it's present progressive, you're in the process, you have got to focus on the decision-making, and I love that you highlight that. Yeah. I think a lot of people kind of kind of throw that to the side, like, oh, let's focus on the real stuff. Um, but yeah. what about in between? You have to be able to hone in on that decision-making process and get better at making decisions until you're healed and thereafter. Yeah. yeah. So
1: let me piggyback off that. So maybe you're talking to a guy that's struggling right now. He's going through this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back at your own experience of going through it and probably now coaching a lot of other people on this, how would you coach them to look at their situation and decision making process to set them up for more wins? We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we want to share something that we are really excited about.
2: So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations.
1: And that's why we created the monthly live date night
2: and monthly live date night is every month on a friday night for 90 minutes 60 minutes it, we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a q a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage your intimacy And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too.
1: So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details.
2: All right. Back to the interview.
0: Yeah. So that's a, that's kind of a loaded question because it's like a lot of things when you're dealing with the pornography conversation, whether it's Filtering accountability—it's all how you approach it, right? So, okay. decision making is more than what sometimes we think it is, right? We hear decision making—it's like, well, I'm just going to make the decision not to look. Yeah, just just say no, <laughs> right? And I'm just yeah, I'm going to hang in there, and that's that's not decision making—that's white knuckling. That's just mm-hmm. willpower, and that will always fail you eventually, right? I mean, some guys mm. get real good at willpower; they'll go two years, but they relapse. It it always happens. Mm. Willpower will never get you there. Decision-making is literally having, basically having a high awareness level of the situation and evaluating, okay, mm-hmm. hey, here's the here's the good, here's the bad. What makes more sense? Uh, working with your, what we call your thinking brain and your feeling brain or your lizard mm-hmm. brain and mm-hmm. doing that dance between the two because your feeling brain or lizard brain, I call it, but that. That they that just wants to go the what the route that's going to make it feel best.
2: Absolutely doesn't yep. care
0: about the consequences. Whatever is mm-hmm. going to make me feel good now, is is what I want to do. And yeah. your critical brain is saying, ah! But usually, that part of your brain gets shut down, thrown in the trunk of the car, locked yep. in the closet. Pretty early
2: on in that process, yeah. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. it's not something that you can
0: flip the switch on. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that you need to do to build up what they call a healthier vagal tone, where you need to get higher awareness level, where you need to build emotional resilience. And those Mm -hmm. things are, are varied. Uh, One of the most important things obviously is community and getting plugged in with people and building that support system. But it's also fitness. It's uh, Mm -hmm. things you eat. It's it's daylight, sunlight, uh, exposure to daylight and sunlight, uh, Mm -hmm. movement, like all these things are things that factor into brain health, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't, you know, it's not, Hey, just make better decisions, but it is, Hey, you need to start working through some of these things to help your brain's health. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a healthier brain, you're going to be able to think through this stuff more critically with more awareness and you're going to be able to be able to make better decisions.
1: That's um, so good. Sounds like you're yes. saying we need to change your life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I, ha- I had a client I used to coach back in the day a couple couple times. Um, but I had this one guy, he was a pastor and he was a nice guy. He was a great guy actually. And I remember we had a really tough session and he said to me, you know, I forgot what it was. I think he had just relapsed and he wasn't telling me the truth. And we had a good, we had a good out and, I'm from Jersey. So I just told him, I said, dude, don't waste my time if you're going to lie to me. Right. Mm. And he kind of admitted that it was a lot of, he actually said, said, there's a lot of shame in my life. I feel really bad about this. I feel. And I just told him, I said, listen, dude, I I understand you got a lot of pain. I understand these are unresolved issues. I, I, I understand all of that. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you also know that even though you're feeling it, you know, that's a bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. So, don't, yes, we got to get to that pain. You got to, you got to fix that stuff at some point, but you still can have the awareness to realize that what you're believing in this moment is a bunch of, you Mm -hmm. know, and (laughs) you don't need to buy into it. You can can choose the other path, right? You Mm -hmm. can literally say, I'm going to go this route, even though I know I feel like this, I know that feeling is not accurate, Mm -hmm. right? Knowing, knowing something doesn't, knowing that something isn't accurate and feeling it are two different things, right? You can feel it and know it's wrong.
3: Talk about that.
0: Talk about that. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a big part of shame. I mean, that's a big part of, uh, and I I got a book coming out called When Shame Gets Real. Mm -hmm. And I dive into this whole conversation between the thinking brain and the, I call it the, uh, in the book, I call it, I basically say, hey, your lizard brain is kind of like the office manager, right? Uh He's the guy handling the day-to-day ops and he just wants to get through the day. <clears throat> and your thinking brain is kind of like the CEO. He's the guy that's looking <laughs> at the whole operation and trying to keep everything healthy. Yes. But at the, the reality is the day-to-day decisions are going to fall on the office manager more than the CEO. CEO mm-hmm. might not want to go this route, but the office manager is just going to do to get, just do what he has to do to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's the thing. So you got to get those guys talking. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said, you know, when it comes to shame, especially in the beginning, and and this was, this was it for me is it's, it's an act as if situation, right? Mm -hmm. It's understanding that what you're feeling isn't accurate of the, Mm. of the current situation. I feel like I'm a piece of crap, right? I feel like no one's going to love me. I feel like if I, if I'm open and honest about the situation, everybody will reject me, Mm. but Mm -hmm. you know what? I also know that what I'm feeling isn't really necessarily true. So I'm going to act as if it's not true. Even though I, it's killing me right now, I'm just going to push through and act as if.
3: Mm-hmm. And then um,
0: there's science behind that the act as yeah. if idea. It's, it's, it's very scientific and psychological and mm-hmm. um, benefit to it, you know, because yeah. over time, basically in a nutshell, the longer you act as if something is what it is. Mm-hmm. It eventually starts to become not an act anymore right mm. you yeah. behave behave the way you want to be right mm. and eventually you become the person you are behaving as
3: right so good. and mm.
0: i've had that multiple times in my life where i just had to you know i had it with uh, i had a situation with my daughter and i share that in the book too and i mean that was that was rough that was an act as if moment because
3: mm.
0: you know it got real when she uh-huh. asked me some stuff and i was like oh gosh I don't but I, I knew I had to, so I just got into it with her, and it was rough. Like some questions
2: of, about your history and life?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can tell you what happened, but... Um, yeah, I mean, we if at, you want to share. Yeah, yeah, I don't I talk about it in the book, so what the heck. Uh, we, we were at a Phillies game, I'm from Philly, and um, just daughter-daddy night. She's a teenager, having a great time, and it's the only sport that she's into. She hates every other sport, but she likes baseball because it's, in her words, chill. <laughs> and um watching it and also my phone starts getting texts from this guy that i used to go to church with back in the day and he, he nice guy bit of a knucklehead but hey listen he's married hey um you know do you have any recommendations for apps to block the bad stuff first of all what thirty 37 year old is still calling it bad stuff but regardless i, I digress <laughs> So, Knucklehead. Yeah. I've, I've had these conversations with him and I, you know, he used to come to like a local group I hosted. So this, this is not a new thing for him. Mm-hmm. And I just texted him back. I said, bro, I can give you apps. Apps ain't going to fix it. You got to get in. Like you got to get into some other yes. stuff. You got to get in yes. the community. You got to get some counseling. Yeah. Yeah. So just sign up for live free and we'll talk more, but, or I'll get together with you if you want, but mm-hmm. app ain't going to do it.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, he never called me back, but anyway, <laughs> i guess i didn't give him the answer he wanted but my daughter being a typical teenager is being nosy and Uh she's looking over my shoulder i didn't realize it and she says hey well what are you talking to that guy about and i just gave her a smirk i was like you know what daddy does right (laughs) oh she's like isn't and she saw the name she said isn't he from our old church yes yes he is Mm -hmm. Ah, Christians struggle with that too it's like, mm. yeah, like probably just as much, if not more, than not Chris. Yes. You kidding me? Yep. Yes, it's very common. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Ew, that's what she said. I'm like, and then she says, well, you never struggle with it, right, Dad? Mm. I'm at a Phillies game. We're having a great time. I really don't need to get into this right now. Yeah. And, you know, that was an act as if moment because I mm-hmm. my daughter might look at me like I'm a piece of crap and uh this could change everything mm. but i gotta do the right thing because if if i don't i'm just a hypocrite i tell everybody else hey this is how you gotta behave this is how it's gotta be be open be transparent mm-hmm. don't worry about it you know truth truth is is the best policy if you will
3: yeah. yeah
0: you gotta do it so i just yeah yeah for a long time oh my gosh then she starts crying immediately uh, and um I'm no like, <laughs> <sighs> What the heck did you just do, Carl? You idiot. Um, Yeah. So, but then I just said to her, I was like, listen, it's true. I said, what do you you want?
3: uh,
0: Dad's not perfect. Do you you want a perfect daddy or do you want an honest dad? Mm. She said, I'd rather have an honest dad. I said, well, you got one. I'm going to be honest with you. I said, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear just to make make myself look good. I mess up too. Right. And so you got an honest dad. And uh, she was like, I like that. She says, is okay that I'm upset about it right now? I said, yeah, absolutely. Of course it's okay.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, you know, it was a very tough situation.
3: Yeah. But yeah. you know
0: what? Um, I'd say our relationship got even closer as a father and daughter. After oh, that for because sure. Because she knew, yeah. if dad can tell me that, he'll tell me anything.
3: Yep,
1: you know, yeah. Yep. A- and you're safe. Like mm-hmm. yeah, when exactly. she's struggling with something that she knows is potentially off-putting or might... It's off-track. Uh, off-track. Yeah. You know, since she knows that about you and she has an honest daddy, mm-hmm. yeah. who is she going to go to?
3: Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I've
0: had talks with my son about stuff like that. And,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, he'll, he'll come and tell me everything.
3: That's and I good. know most people are
0: like, oh, come on, he's, he's 14. How honest is he? I'm pretty... I'm 99.9% certain he's always being honest with me about
3: that's good. any of this stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: because he's the world's worst liar. He has no <laughs> poker. I played poker. What a blessing. He has no <laughs> poker skills. Oh, that's so funny. Pretty much can, yeah. Like
2: but do. you've cultivated that environment with your kids where they know yeah. it's safe to talk to you. What What role did shame play in that conversation with your daughter?
0: Oh, it's huge. Because, again, I'm thinking about, well... You know, she might not look at me the same. She might not uh. feel the same. Um, gosh, what a what a jerk am I that I have to tell my daughter this at the game? Why mm-hmm. couldn't I just stay out of hot water in the first place? And that you know, it's all that it just means yeah. all that. And
2: so, all that negative trash talk that that Deep shame will yourself. speak. Yeah. yeah, and when you mm-hmm. have someone
0: that you care about deeply, and you're thinking that they might turn on you, that is real. Like mm-hmm. that is not light. You know, it's not light stuff. That is heavy. Mm. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a huge factor. Mm -hmm. Right. But again, yeah, I I had to do what I had to do because it. I knew what I valued and I knew what was true. And at the end of the day, I knew that regardless of what she walked away with at that, the right thing was to be truthful about it. Yeah, It was the healthy thing.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And, um, and and yeah. I just knew that also, even if she didn't look at me the same, that didn't change anything about who I was. That was right. that was going to be her damage that she had to deal with. It it wasn't me, you know. Mm. Um,
3: so you, know,
0: you so just how, gotta just how gotta long push did, through sometimes.
2: Yeah. So how long did the the shame uh, last in that scenario before it was replaced by that relief and transparency?
0: uh 10 minutes.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. So I mean, it didn't wasn't this finish. ongoing like several nah. days or weeks of like I wonder nope. what she's thinking. You no. bad dad. Okay.
0: No, she yeah. she kind of wears her emotions on the sleeve a bit too. Mm-hmm. Um and uh you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's not like my son. He's Mr. Emotions on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like kid lives his emotions.
3: Mm-hmm. Mia
0: will be quiet, but she's not very good at hiding her displeasure. Okay. Comfort. She doesn't. She doesn't have a poker face either.
3: Uh, so,
0: <laughs> you know when she's not happy, it's like, "Hey, okay. me? Is everything okay?" Yes, you're lying.
1: Is, to me, right? is that a Jersey so, thing?
3: Might be. Might be. <laughs>
0: I'm sure it helps. It definitely helps. It definitely. Helps. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, she got upset, but then she gave me a hug, and I think the honesty thing was at the end of the day just more valuable to her than yeah. the fact that I wasn't this perfect perfect dad you know yeah. i had i have flaws and mm-hmm. uh, and we had a great night the rest of the night was awesome that's great yeah, yeah never looked back it was fine in fact you know now we joke about it
3: mm-hmm. crazy
0: right you're joking okay. about with your wife and your kids in a room about porn it's crazy <laughs> we crack porn joke Kind of your business isn't it <laughs> yeah we have a tiktok thing a tiktok that we started i don't know someone runs it for me i no, I don't want to waste my time with that. But, um, but I posted one video. They posted one video of me, and this one video got a whole bunch of views. Right? Uh huh. And I was joking with my kids. I said, "Hey, I got a, I'm I'm an influencer now. I got all these views."
3: <laughs> and
0: um, so na- and, okay, Dad's the porn influencer. Right? Oh no! That's what he- <laughs> it is. Oh no, the porn-free influencer. Uh, there and you then, go. Uh, oh yeah. So we're always, in- and anytime like words in the house come up like corn. Uh-huh. did you say porn uh- <laughs> that's weird i don't want porn on the cob you know it's like we just, oh my goodness yeah it's a little irreverent in our house at times but yeah it's just kind of <laughs> do you know it's normal life is what, usual
1: i think some families could use to talk like that mm-hmm. since probably 80 percent of the household occupants are watching porn but nobody mm-hmm. talks about it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. i mean how much yeah. like if Something came up, not if let me rephrase that. When something comes up on your kid's screen, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be open and honest, yeah, because or you've much normalized more likely that discussion. because it's been normalized and, mm-hmm. and they know that hey, we're living in a fallen world, yeah. and you're going to come across stuff that just doesn't work, yeah, and there's no shame here, like, yeah, it, nope. it's not worth holding on to that. Mm-hmm. Just let it out, let's talk about it, let's get over it. We're living in life. Let's help yep. each other. That's so yeah. profound.
3: Yeah. yeah. We
0: have we have couples. I mean, I've, I just had a podcast or just we do something called Office Hours in Triple X Church where we answer questions. And last week's question came from a woman and was about her son. And we get questions from parents all the time about how do I deal with my child about porn, whether it's how do I deal with him seeing it? How do I protect him from it? Sure. And uh, my answer usually I'm sure is not the one they want to hear. But I tell them, I was like, well, I got bad news for you. If, if your goal is to protect them from seeing porn, give up now. Cause it's going to happen. Like they're mm-hmm. going to see it. It's inevitable. So the best thing you can do for your child is to prepare them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like talk about it, be open. So when they do look at porn, they don't feel weird about coming to you and talking about it. That's the yeah. best thing you can do for them. Mm-mm. Best thing. More yeah. than a filter or a gateway or any of this stuff or pr- sheltering them. No, none of that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, or mm-hmm. it only works for a time. You know, sure. Then it's they, so
3: good. Yeah.
0: Then they go to university and they have some freedom. And before you know mm. it, you know, your daughter who was sheltered and never went to parties all of a sudden, she's having sex with 50 guys in the college because she never had the freedom she has. You know, it's
3: just, mm. you right. can't
0: protect them. Right. You mm. have to, right. you have to have those conversations early. Yeah. Get them to understand the impact of these things so they can make their own decisions at some point.
2: Right.
1: You know, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Man. So, after you were talking a little bit ago about how uh we don't see things very truthfully well cognitive distortions like it's, you know our lizard brain communicating to the the ceo or the manager to the ceo and just thinking about like with parents freaked out about talking about this stuff to their kids there's fear there that's influencing that manager fear is influencing mm-hmm. the ceo part like i just couldn't talk about that i couldn't i can do that mm-hmm. but the problem mm-hmm. is is it's it's making it difficult for that child down the road right yep, yep. you and do protect
2: I mean- them by having these conversations the protection doesn't come in sheltering it comes in equipping and connecting
0: yeah and it's yeah. not i mean there's no there's no lying saying it's easy it's not easy
2: right. there's nothing
0: easy anything worth anything oh boy gosh my grammar teachers are probably like, yeah. anyway. <laughs> never is easy. Never is easy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, that's for me, that was one of the reasons I wrote the book was because it, I've been working with now running whatever you want to call it. Like I was, I was with triple H church for close to 10 years. The organization itself has been around 20 years, probably one of the first to the ba- first, first to talk about this issue at all. Nobody was talking about it, right? Yep. And so they were, give them a lot of credit. They were the first to get bold about it and talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so 20 years later, we're acquiring this organization back. And as we're doing the rebrand and the revamp, it's okay, hey, you know, how do I want to? I mean, I I liked what Triple X Church back in the day kind of stood for, but there's some other things that I want to kind of curtail and be a little more focused and a little more this Mm -hmm. and a little more that. So as we're going through all that, you know our mission statement and our branding and our vision um one thing that kept jumping out at me is you know it's funny we've been at we've been doing this for twenty years, and yet it's just as bad, if not worse, mm. than it's ever been, right yeah. um when we did it, there was no one doing it now, like literally, there's people jumping into porn free coaching because it's good money, like it's mm. crazy like that that's actually a demographic that people are going after because it's a profession now. Um, There's tons of organizations and I'm, you know, some are great, some not so great, whatever, but Mm -hmm. tons of organizations talking about this topic. So you have all this awareness, all these coaches, all these books, all these programs, more resources and conversation, conversation about this than ever before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet it's no better. Right. Something's broke. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Smoking. Just use that as an example. Smoking when I was growing up was a big thing. Yeah. Everybody smoked. Every teenager smoked. If you were cool, you smoked. I smoked in college for a little bit. Almost nobody smokes anymore. Right. Except for the 50 some or 60 some year old cranky neighbor. Like they
2: all Mm -hmm. still smoke. But most people don't smoke. Yeah. Awareness campaigns made a difference. yeah, Yeah.
0: Clearly, however they approach smoking worked. It worked. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Not with us. You know, mm-hmm. and,
0: and uh and I think we've tried some of the things the smoking campaigns did, but it's a different fit for different things, right? right. You can't you can't paint the same label. Mm-hmm. Um doing the most of the conversation around sex and porn these days, usually especially porn comes down to one of two things. It's either let's talk about how bad it is and destructive it is, or let's talk about strategies to get around get away from it. Okay. But there's almost no talk about the fact that, hey, guys, this is this is just a, pro- is just a life problem. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's not a bad problem, but it's just a problem like overeating, spending too much money, um, being too much, spending too much time on social media. Mm-hmm. It's just the reality of life and we need to all get over it and be adults about this thing and just say, hey, like, yeah, he struggles with porn. You struggle with donuts so what right <laughs> yeah now now let's get to work right mm-hmm. and i and that's the big thing is we don't talk about it. so like you said with parents yeah why why do our kids grow up so ill-equipped because our parents are afraid to talk about these topics because of the shame that surrounds these conversations right, right. Yeah. it's taboo it's dirty it's mm-hmm. no it's none of that it's yeah. none of that it's just life mm-hmm. and in some mm-hmm. cases when we're talking about sex and sexuality It's, it's not even just life. It's, it's a beautiful part of life. It's healthy, right? Mm -hmm. Why do we talk about sex? Like, oh, well, you can only talk about sex. No, sex is a wonderful thing. And we start talking about it in a really healthy way with our kids and let them understand the value of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'd walk away with a bigger appreciation than just don't do it.
2: Absolutely. Yep. We 100% agree. Big we advocates really of that. Well, okay. Talk to us a little bit more, Carl, as we wind down about the resources that you offer that really align with this narrative that you've brought to the table today. Uh, I know you offer community, and you have your book. Share with us about each of those things.
0: Yeah, so we have a couple different community programs, and we have more in the works. But uh, we have something called Live Free Community, the Live Free Community for Men. Uh, you can find information on it at livefreecommunity.org. That's basically a, uh, an online community of men who are dealing with sex, porn, unwanted sexual behavior. Throw it all in this big whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's community, but it's also we, we have resources. We have courses in there. It's all that. And, uh, you know, charge five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, That's because awesome. we want we want it to be affordable for anybody, including a college kid. You know, if a college kid can't afford. I mean, maybe he can, but in his mind, he can't afford a $250 porn-free course you know right. that, that that buys a lot of beer right um but <laughs> five bucks a month i can do that okay um, so the whole thing is our our vision our mission or just a, not vision um a really big value of our ministry is recovery needs to be affordable and accessible that's a big mm. that's a heartbeat um, okay. so we have that we have uh also livefreewives.org so that's for spouses that's for the other side that's for the women
3: mm-hmm. who are
0: dealing with with infidelity issues and or their husbands are looking to porn or sexual betrayal, whatever you want to call it,
3: mm-hmm.
0: we have that because they need a resource. And the wives, I know this from my own wife, you know, the wives deal with a ton of shame. Mm. And it's so ridiculous when you think about it. But they feel shame because in their minds, it reflects poorly on them. What did I do? Why, why is her husband have an issue? What's wrong with her? Like that, mm-hmm. These are the narratives that spin through their mind. Right. Yep. And I right. say it's ridiculous, not because, oh, you're ridiculous for thinking that. But I'm saying, logically, right, he messed up or he did this. That, that's not on you. And you should not own that whatsoever. But I understand mm-hmm. when it comes to feelings and emotions, understanding that and living it out, mm-hmm. two different things. So yeah. we right. have livefreewives.org. That's a completely free community for awesome. spouses we don't charge a dime for that um, we also are working on a woman's community who for women who struggle that's mm-hmm. down the road that's a, that's a bit of a project okay um, so i don't have a domain for that then we have triplexchurch.com uh, that's where we have a lot of blog posts we have some uh, we have office hours which is our weekly videos where we answer questions we also have some courses that you can you know look at like x3 pure that's all available mm-hmm. on triplexchurch.com Small Groups Online. So smallgroupsonline.com is community, but it's community a little you know, strengthened. So it's not I'm, just online community, but it's meeting each and every week via video with 10 to 12 same people. We have them for women, for spouses, and for men.
3: Nice. And
0: uh, it's where they can just get real once a week for an hour. Led Would by you say that's
2: to comparable to like an, an AA or NA type of... Yeah, it's, okay. it's similar. Yeah, I mean, we mm-hmm. don't
0: do 12 steps, but the idea is, hey get together, talk through life, mm-hmm. challenge each other, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then anybody who's a small groups member also gets live free access for free. Okay. So we don't charge them for both. Um, in fact, the small group's program used to be $39 a month. We reduced it to 30 uh, in January because we want, we know with COVID and the financial, a lot of people are getting hit in the pocket. So again, trying to stick to our values of keeping things affordable and accessible. So we drop the price for everybody, not just, it's not, it's not a uh, cable promo right. We're only new customers. Like, we <laughs> dropped them for everybody.
2: <laughs> that's it cost awesome. Cost
0: a lot of money to do that, but I just felt like it was the right thing to do. So we have mm. that, and then we ha- yeah have the book "When Shame Gets Real," a new way to talk about sex, porn, and masturbation. Um, that's coming out February eighth. Okay. Nice. Awesome. Uh, that's gonna congratulations any information on that. That's close. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So the information on that is at that whenshamegetsreal.com, and we're also working on a small group study for that and you know, okay. workbook and things like that. So Very good. Yeah, yeah. No. No. Uh, Six figure masterclass. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we are working on a small group study because I think this is something that could be really Beneficial if people talked about it within yeah. group settings. Yeah. yeah,
2: oh for sure. So. Yeah. So uh, when this episode airs, it will be after the launch date of your book. So folks can go to whenshamegetsreal.com to get the book. Yep. Can they also get it like on Amazon or other places? Oh yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, Amazon's the best place, but the links are all on that website. Okay. Um, Good. So and you know you can you can download uh you can download the first chapter for free if you just want to you know preview it or whatever. So nice. But yeah, every, all the links are there and Amazon's without a doubt the best place to go for that
2: okay awesome okay oh this is great we are so thankful that you are championing this um you know recovery process and doing it so well we we thank you for your work
0: thanks well what Hopefully, as well. But <laughs>
2: thank you for having me. It was,
0: it was fun. I appreciate the the conversation. It was great.
2: Ah, oh, absolutely. Well, we like to close all of our episodes by asking the same question, and right. we'll ask it to you. So, going back to the first couple years of your marriage, how long have you been married now?
0: This will be twenty years. Twenty years. It's a, big, right. it's a big year. Twenty yes. years. Of life, church is turning 20. Yes, yeah, big, big year. Wow, wow. definitely.
2: Yeah. Okay, so rewind back 20 years ago, All those right. first couple years of your marriage. Um, what advice do you wish you would have received? And then you'll fill in the blank, dear young married couple.
0: So this might sound at first cliche, but I promise you I'm going to go a different direction with it. Okay. So, so the first part is going to sound completely cliche. It's not about <laughs> you, right? <laughs> second part is where I'm going to go a little different. It's about us. Mm
3: -hmm. I know
0: when I was growing up, going through a lot of churches, the typical, and I understand the concept, don't get me wrong, but the typical thing is it's not about you. It's about serving the other, right? Mm -hmm. I get that. What happens though, and with all these things, is what sounds great is we attach certain assumptions and certain, and that can become unhealthy where it's not about me. It's about you. So, yes, I'll serve you, but I might also accommodate you. I might also enable you. I might Mm -hmm. also, you know, do whatever, do whatever's needed and keep you comfortable. And that's Mm -hmm. not always healthy. And I get into these conversations, usually around sex, not just Mm -hmm. porn, but just, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're not having sex. Mm -hmm. Well, she doesn't want to talk about it. So I don't want to piss her off. Well, man, that's not the answer. Mm -hmm. Now don't be a jerk when you talk to her about it, but not talking, is not serving her. You're hurting your marriage if you're not diving into the issues. Cause you might, you might be really messing up something, right? The way you're doing things. And if you don't know what it is, you're going to keep hurting her. So she might not like it, but you got to bring it up, right? you got to go to marital counseling, whatever. So it's not about you. It's about us. What's going to make us healthier. And what's going to make us healthier is more than likely going to make both you and me very uncomfortable for a little while but that's okay absolutely you know we'll get to a better spot together yes it's
1: it's about us it's so true yep it's so because when you go to those hard conversations it's always going to upset the the boat a little bit it's going to make waves yeah
3: Yeah, you confront to connect Mm -hmm. you're married
0: to a guy who's a type 8 anagram living in new jersey without a doubt it's going to get <laughs> 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 out of doubt it's just gonna, it's gonna oh. yeah it's gonna get a little bumpy sometimes but that's okay you know my wife's uh you know she's a type two i don't know if you guys are anagram junkies so she's We're familiar
2: a, with it We're not junkies. Yeah, she's a type
0: two so she's a a pleaser uh-huh. but um but she has a bit of a backbone and she don't take a whole lot because she's Jersey. so yeah.
2: <laughs> you're a great pair <laughs>
0: oh yeah she she can she can hold her own I, I don't i don't i don't uh steamroll her at all that doesn't happen <laughs> that's awesome
2: uh, oh carl this has been fantastic yeah,
1: and thank you so much for all the work you're doing with men and and mm-hmm. really changing the conversation around uh this yeah. subject it really needs to happen Especially yeah. if the yeah. church is gonna make the difference it needs to in the world.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. thank sure. you so
1: much.
0: Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. So you uh, when you since the name of your podcast is "Dear Young Married Couple," right? Yes. Are you dealing with primarily millennials? A
2: yep. lot of millennials. Yeah. Yep. We right. have so we have Gen Z. We have you know Gen X. But mostly mostly millennials. Yeah.
0: I'm probably breaking form here for your show, but I would You're say fine. for them, my. You know, I would just say a message to them would be, "Hey, listen, don't don't wait for people to change it for you. You need to change it because mm. we've been trying to change the the way this conversation has been handled for 20 years. The problem is old farts <laughs> like me, right? It ain't. I mean, if it doesn't happen, if it didn't happen by now, it ain't ever happened, right? Uh-huh. Your 50 year old pastor, he's not going to change. Um, the only way it's going to change is if you change it. Mm. You know, so you." You know, that's just the brutal truth. Yes. It's up to the millennials and the teens. And it's up to them to say, hey, you know what? I know that this is like not good form. We're going to talk about sex in small groups. You know, I know it's not good form. But yeah, I'm going to talk. I'm going to admit to my buddy that I had a masturbation issue over coffee. Like, you got to go there and if they start changing it, the culture will change eventually. But it's going to take time. Absolutely, Yeah. Don't wait for the 50 sums and the 60 sums or even the 40 sums to change it for you. They ain't doing
1: it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, the the Bible yeah. clearly says confess your faults one to another, and I yeah. think if the church actually adopts that, mm-hmm. especially like you're saying, the millennials, mm-hmm. if we actually adopt yeah. that, we can actually start changing this conversation.
2: Right. You
0: can absolutely, but it's gonna right. it's gonna be them that are gonna have to push that push That's that right. agenda as they because they're eventually gonna be the ones that are running it all, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. start now, and then you'll see these things change.
2: Yes. So, Amen. Yeah. Thank, Preach you. It. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carl.
1: Thank you so much. You're My pleasure. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dear young married Couple.com.
2: No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dear young married couple, And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right, see you next week.